it's not insensitive to be selling. It's actually the most helpful thing you could do for people if you have a solution they want. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Indeed for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Right now, small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Indeed is the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash dreamjob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Also, thanks to Freshly. With Freshly, you can avoid the grocery store and enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. Freshly is offering you $40 off your first two orders at freshly.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you had a good weekend. We have been packing up and we are leaving pretty soon. I'll be keeping you updated on all those details. Um, I saw some friends uh, social distance out on the front lawn and it's hard. It's hard to say goodbye to people. I've been in LA for almost 17 years and my friends here are like family. And um, I'm kind of looking at this like, we're not really going for good. We're kind of just trying it out. We'll see. But um, it's hard to say goodbye to a place that's been so magical in so many ways. But it's COVID and it feels like the world is in some alternate state anyway. And I have a hard time sitting still. So it's like, all right, well, this is like a new adventure to keep us sort of distracted during COVID and give my kids something to sort of feel like there's a change of scenery. So I'll let you know how it goes. And I want to just give a shout out to my husband because we have really different love languages and I'm such a person of words, as you can tell, and he's not, and he's been so sweet. He's been like writing me these notes every day because he knows it means a lot to me. And I just feel like in a relationship that is so important. Like you might not always be on the same page, but when somebody understands what you need and is willing to do it, even if it's out of their comfort zone, it just says so much. And I feel like sometimes I don't give him the amount of appreciation that he deserves because it's so obvious that all he really wants is for me to be really happy. And I don't know how often in my life, you know, I've felt loved to that degree. And I think love like that is so healing, you know, like truly unconditional love, people who put up with all your stuff, people who see your broken parts and they keep showing up. So that's where I'm at right now with some stuff. And also something else that's kind of cool is uh, very soon we're going to be celebrating our 300th episode. I cannot believe it, but August 24th will be the 300th episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Cannot believe it's wow. We're going to be doing the biggest giveaway we've ever done. Something super epic is coming. I'll have details for you very soon, but if you want to get in on it, what I can tell you is we want to hear your story. We want to hear has the show inspired you? What has it done? Has it helped you find clarity? Has it given you courage to take a step forward? What episode really inspired you? What was the thing that you kept coming back to that you feel made a difference? So if you would like, send us a voice memo, record yourself sharing what about this show has meant something to you. You can do a voice memo, you can take a video of yourself and you can email it to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. Even just 60 seconds of you talking about how this show has impacted you would be amazing. And then we're going to choose a few of those and we'll play them on this show. So if you give us permission, we'll actually play some of those clips on the show, which will be fun. And we'll choose a few of you to give this epic giveaway to, and I'll have more details soon, but I promise it'll be something that you 
you'll really think is valuable. So send those voice memos or those videos in by August 21st to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And I cannot wait to see them and, and hear from you guys how the show has made a difference. All right. Well, I'm really, really thrilled because my good friend Jill Stanton is back on the show today. She and her husband, Josh, are serial entrepreneurs, world travelers, and the co-founders of Screw the 9 to 5. It's a movement, a community, and a resource to help new and seasoned entrepreneurs solve problems related to life and business through actionable insights and simple how-tos. They've helped thousands of online course creators and coaches quit their jobs, start online businesses, and earn a beautiful six-figure income while doing the work that they're meant to do. They also have an amazing podcast called Screw the 9 to 5, which features interviews and inspiration every week for the entrepreneur who wants to make an impact. They've chatted with James Wedmore, Marie Forleo, Gina DeVee, Laura Belgray, and I've been on their show a couple times. You're definitely going to want to listen to their show after you hear this interview. Jill was actually on our show in 2018. So if you want to hear more about her story and her tips on growing a super engaged Facebook group, you can add that episode to your podcast queue. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. This time we're going to dive into how online businesses are doing during COVID. COVID, how to pivot away from a business model that isn't lighting you up anymore, and how to run a successful challenge, and so much more great stuff that's really going to help you, especially now during COVID, to really make the pivot and make it make sense. So without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Jill Stanton. Jill Stanton is here. Hi, Jill. Hey, Kathy. So excited to be back with you, girlfriend. You guys don't understand. Before I met Jill... I totally had a girl crush on her and you will in like four minutes if you don't already. She's a magnet. She's electricity. She's adorable and super real. So anyways, she was here before. We'll put a link to that episode if you guys want to go back and check out just her story and how they built what they built. What I want to get into today in more specifics, I want to talk about what's going on in the world. I want to talk about where the economy's at. Well, how people can pivot, how we can even appreciate what's going on. And then I want to talk about a couple specific things that might be tactical in nature. I think that you guys could appreciate that. So why don't we start with, can you just tell us right now in this crazy time through your lenses, what does it look like in the business world? Are people buying? Are people selling? Oh my gosh. Tell me what it looks like for you. So I have a student perspective and I have my friend's perspective. My friend, both are the exact same. Everyone is experiencing higher conversion rates, higher engagement rates, higher sales. I absolutely know people are suffering right now. I 100% believe that this is going to leave a lasting impact and the aftermath is going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced. So I'm going to honor that. I also choose to believe that your perspective of what you choose to focus on is what will determine if you survive or thrive because I have girlfriends who are straight up killing the game right now with their offers. One selling a membership site and another one is doing a flagship program. Both are experiencing their highest engagement rates and conversion rates right now. And a caveat to that is it's on a more affordable price point. So one is selling a under $60 recurring membership and the other, I think her offer is like $4.97 right now because they are gauging what's happening and the fact that people are bit freaked out right now. And so they do want to kind of cater to that and make little tweaks and pivots that allow them to meet people where they're at right now. We all think that people don't have money all of a sudden, but not everyone has completely lost all their money. In fact, that's the exact opposite. People have taken their money out of their investments, out of stocks, all this. They're cashed up right now. And people want, like, I feel like this has been their biggest time of awakening, realizing that they need to take control of their lives. And so I really try to speak to all of my messaging, myself and Josh, throughout this entire time is in times of chaos come some of the biggest opportunities. If you choose to see it that way, if you choose to see the chaos and the crisis yeah. and the goings on and all the negativity, then yeah, that's what you're going to focus on. And that's all you'll experience. Or you could remember that out of times like this, turbulent times comes massive opportunities if you're willing to look for it and act on it. And so I have like a Chinese wall in front of me right now with what I will take in. I have limited my input in such a massive way. Josh gets to give me a quick debrief on the news every night, but like, that's it. I'm not watching news at all. I'm not having low vibe conversations. Yeah. I'm only putting positive so content good. into my ears right now. Um, yep. I'm just really being purposeful and intentional around that. Yeah. And I love how you have such unbridled 
enthusiasm. When James Wedmore was here, I know you guys are buddies. He said, good leadership is showing people something in a way they just didn't see it before. Right. Mm, And so when you're able to show it through these glasses, it's like, Mm. oh, wait. And the truth is, as a matter of a fact, even if we got to this catastrophic level of 30% of, of, the, of our country in the U.S., right? She lives in Canada. But if our country got to 30% of unemployment, which they're saying could happen, mm-hmm. there's still 70% of the country. Thank you. Thank you. 70% of the country. And they're saying that those folks right now, like you said, they're cashed up. They were going mm-hmm. to be spending this money on a trip to Tahiti for spring mm-hmm. break. They were going to spend this money on a festival, on a concert. Instead, they're like, where can I spend my money? Yes. Online. Now, the flip side of what you're saying is that when you go to sell, I think people feel it's insensitive, right? So it's like you just gave us the sort of bird's eye look at like people are buying. Mm -hmm. But I think some people feel like, who would I be to even raise my hand right now and have a business? Tell me what you think about that. Oh, I'm so glad you're allowing me to (laughs) because I think like it's the most disempowering thing you could focus on that selling is bad. If we all stop selling, the economy dies. Like, let's just keep it real. If we're all in a place of we want to stimulate the economy, the best thing you could do is sell something. Something that actually adds value to people's lives and caters to what they're currently experiencing right now. I'm not saying sell frivolous things, things that don't matter to people right now. Pivot, get creative, spot the opportunities and serve a serious need right now. It's not insensitive to be selling. It's actually the most helpful thing you could do for people if you have a solution they want. Think about the people who are unemployed. Josh was telling me, the other day that in the past two weeks, 10 million people have filed for unemployment. 10 million people. Okay. Now, is that 10 million out of work nine to fivers who are forever screwed? Or is it the next generation of entrepreneurs? Like it really is a a question of perspective because I choose to believe that those people, that's their wake up call. They're going to be like, I need to take control of this. Like I need to create my own level of certainty because we're, you know, relying on a company or or the economy or a boss or you know someone else giving me a paycheck is clearly not working for my financial future and like here on out for my legacy. And so I choose to believe that those people are going to be looking for help. Think about how many people have been woken up to learning online right now. So many people working online, remote work, you know, virtual conferencing, online courses, online learning, e-learning, like our kids are going to e-class, you know, this is forever changing the way we do things. And if you're an online entrepreneur or you're thinking about becoming one, this is our time. It's such a brilliant way to look at what is actually here, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of things in life are not one dimensional. So while this is really crappy in many, many ways, you're saying, oh my God, look what's actually now arrived at your door. Because you and I, for years, way before there was any kind of pandemic, I was saying, don't keep your day job. And you were saying, screw the nine to five, because you had the courage when you were a bartender, right? I believe Mm -hmm. that this is part of the story. Yep. You had the courage to say, hold up. Is there another way to do life? Mm Mm-hmm. Besides me trading my time for dollars, is there another way? And that question led you to work from anywhere in the world. You and your Mm -hmm. husband started affiliate passive income. You started being able to take trips. And just as long as you had Wi-Fi, you made more money than you ever made slinging slinging beers across the bar, right? Hands down. I could have never fathomed this, but that one question, like, is there a better way? It's the first domino. You ask yourself that question and things start happening, you know, like you lean into that, you stay open to that and you don't close yourself off with fear and panic and anxiety and scarcity. You open yourself up to a whole world of magic. I was just listening to Impact Theory and he was talking to Jim Quick and Tom Billion and Jim Quick were talking about Noah Kagan and how he said COVID is quite possibly one of the biggest times of opportunities for people who are willing to lean into that and leveraging the power we all have right now to take control of our future is the best thing we can do. The worst thing we could do is cower and and block ourselves off and dip into fear and anxiety and panic. Totally. I read an article on CNBC that was sharing how Hasbro is having one of the biggest peaks they've ever had because people are buying (laughs) jigsaw puzzles. And then also they were saying that people are are spending money on online courses. Mm -hmm. Zoom is like obviously having the greatest time of their life. But 
also people are signing up for anything that brings them some kind of productivity. People are, are buying crafting things and people mm-hmm. are wanting to connect and buy not just yeast to make like essentials, but people are buying rolling pins and icing trays. Like they, people want to yeah. take things on. Like it is not yeah. all like we're all just sitting on our hands. But one thing that it comes back to, my friend Susie Moore said to me the other day, she said, you either have the courage to sell or you'll work for someone else who does. Oh, oh, damn. And I was like, That's, thank you. I like that. I like what that. else do we need to share about that? And I think it comes back to, we don't have the courage. Uh, for the most part, people are sitting in the biggest gunk of who am I to do this? I don't have anything to serve. I don't have anything yeah, to man. sell. And they feel as though selling would make them somehow so cruel. Like they would be convincing someone to buy something that nobody wants. Like this is what people think. But you and I both know that we've been spending every waking second creating things that solve problems. And then we've literally had thousands, hundreds of thousands of people by now saying, thank you so much because you literally Mm -hmm. saved my life. Mm -hmm. So how does a person build something that they can feel good about selling where they don't feel that they're doing something wrong. How does that look? How do we build a business online specifically where we have a sense that this is good and we're doing a service? One, I think you have to look at what are people wanting right now? Like if you keep it real, um, aspirational stuff probably won't work as powerfully as it used to. We're talking like the bottom three levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like certainty, basic needs, you know, safety, People are in survival mode right now. And so what are your people wanting right now? What's their biggest problem right now? So for example, um, one of our students inside Shift to Six, um, Tanya, she's a boudoir photographer, but now she started teaching other photographers how to build their boudoir and portrait photography business. Now, she went to launch right before this all broke out. And right as it was breaking out, she's like, maybe I should stop. Is this super insensitive? And we're like, no, they need you more than ever right now. They need to know how to rebook the people who have all now canceled. They need to know how to recoup costs or how to get new clients who are waiting when we can actually you know, go back to regular life or the new normal, right? And so she, her first ever online launch ever, She had 400 people on her list and she did 41 sales. So she clocked a $28,000 launch in the middle of a crisis for her first ever time selling. She was like, oh my God, no, people were thanking me for doing this because they need this help right now. So I think when a lot of people shrink in fear around, um, oh, I shouldn't be selling or it's insensitive, I really think that comes from a fear of judgment. Like, what will people think of me if I do this? Or what are people going to say about me if I actually put an offer out there? But all you really need, like, I think a big thing that entrepreneurs need to focus on is all we need is self-approval. Do we feel good about what we're doing? Do we know that our hearts are in the right place? Do we know that we're coming from a place of service? And do we actually have something that can help people? If the answers to that are yes, then you move full steam ahead and you do not worry about what other people who are too scared to take control of their lives have to say about you doing that exact thing. So I think as long as you can focus on serving a need right now, even if it's not what was in your grand plan for building this online business, I think it's the best thing, most powerful thing you could do to serve people. I really... I think that was such an incredible example because photographers are, they're saying you're getting hit the most, which makes sense Mm -hmm. because of events. And she's like, who am I to teach people about their business right now? And you're like, like, no, turn it around because where am I going to go after this? And what's my strategy? Such a good example. Because you mentioned Noah Kagan. He was saying that when people are worried about, you know, am I going to sell? And am I going to come across as something that's, you know, disingenuous? He's like, you might not have a marketing problem. You might have a business problem, meaning you just didn't Mm -hmm. validate your offer. And what you just said is like, what do people need? It always Mm -hmm. goes back to who am I serving? Let's get as close to them as possible and ask them what they need so that I can build something for them. And that it's so essential. And one thing that that's going to happen is I think that for a lot of people, when they're afraid of starting a business, it's not that they're afraid of starting a business. It's not that they don't have something great. They're just afraid of rejection. Oh, and I think they're afraid of what other people will think if they see them fail. That's exactly where I was going. Yes, that's it. So I was going to say to you, how do we deal with that? How do we proceed with that? Okay, so one is realizing that that's their interpretation of what you're choosing to do. It has no weight 
on your life other than the meaning you choose to assign to it. But if you just keep your blinders on and you do not allow their personal opinions, which you can't change anyways, and is way more of a reflection of them and their insecurities and their internal struggles than it is anything about you. I think it's easier to kind of have like a Teflon skin at that point because I really, really struggled with this. It's funny because you and I talked in like maybe late, late, late 2017 or early, early 2018 when I was, you know, close to 63 years pregnant. So I was in a (laughs) very, very different place in my life and my business. It was one of the darkest times in my life and business. I'm sure some of that had to do with pregnancy, but also the fact that I just felt super trapped in my business at that point. And I didn't feel like there was any way out. And I had such a crushing fear of judgment. After every single coaching call I did, after every single podcast or Facebook live, I would immediately go to like, oh my God, did I say the wrong thing? Oh my God, I'm going to get so much hate over that. What will people think? What will they do? That is so exhausting. Cancel all of this stuff. And I realized who said this? Oh, it was Jim Fortin. His biggest thing was fear of judgment. And like, is that really true? Or is that a fear of judgment? And I realized that that has navigated my entire life. I was always worried about what people would say about me or think about me or feel about me. And the minute I stopped focusing on that, it's like it just melted away off me. I just lost like so much of this emotional weight off myself. And it just allowed me to feel freer, more confident, bolder. Like I felt more courageous. We made huge shifts in our business. We shut down everything. (laughs) Other than our podcast and our social media and our email list, we closed everything that was no longer serving us. And so, yeah, people had opinions about that. Some people, this one chick said, I just wonder how you bounce back after such a failure like that. And I was like, ouch. (laughs) I could have succumbed to that. I could have let her opinion or, you know, any of the other people that I talked to during this time, I could have let their opinions on why we're so freaking crazy, like affect my decision moving forward. Instead, it just kind of liberated me because I realized like, I'm never going to be able to change their thoughts anyways. And I'm never going to actually know if they're talking about me or thinking about me or feeling anything about me because most of the time people aren't thinking about you. Yeah, that's true. And it's so generous of you to share all of that because every successful person I know has made a million pivots in their business. Yeah. That's that's part of it is like you try things, you check in, you're like, is this right for me? Is this right for my audience? I'm not actually happy. That takes tremendous courage to be like, let's move it to something else. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? When I first found out about you, you at the time, you had one of the biggest Facebook groups, you had one of the biggest membership groups. And I never saw it as a failure because I knew how much people loved it. I saw it as you making a choice that really, for whatever reason, wasn't feeling like what you wanted every day. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw it. What did you wind up realizing about that? And what did you wind up switching to as your model that works better Mm -hmm. for you now? Um, what we realized was we had sacrificed our boundaries. Actually, we never had boundaries. We never taught people what to expect from us or the membership in general. Um, so we had no boundaries. We had fallen way out of alignment with our values and we felt as though we had a presence dependent business in that it was on us to be there and be on in order for us to make money. This was just the excuses we were telling ourselves. If we had had any kind of insight into that, we'd be like, what? We did all this so we can absolutely rejig it. But just realizing that we are 100% responsible for the outcome of our life was huge for us. And so turns out having a tiny human will cause you to look at your life. (laughs) And once I had Kai, really, that was the catalyst. He was my catalyst for so much change because things just started feeling more progressively off and off. And so Josh and I just kept saying like, I don't get it. What is it that we want? And we just asked ourselves that for months. Honestly, like this started happening, I would say in like November, 2017. And then we didn't really realize it until after Kai was born, which was end of February. And then we didn't make a decision until end of June because we had no clarity. It just felt like we we're in this river of misery wading through it. And so we just had to keep asking ourselves, what do we actually want though? Like if we are all in control of our lives because we made the choice to go through the pain to start a business, 
shouldn't we do something that we actually like so we can show up for people? Because at that point, I felt like I wasn't even walking my talk with screw the nine to five. I felt trapped in something and that's the exact opposite of screw the nine to five. So it took a big, hard decision. We told people to their face at our live event because that felt like the most in integrity thing to do, to be honest. We were hosting a live event knowing we were going to shut down. There's no way I'm going to be like, see you in the U next week. And then be like, oh, BTW, we're going to close it down. You know what I mean? That just felt so insensitive and just not who we wanted to be. Um, and so we told them to their face. At most people were cool, like 97% of people were great about it. Three people were really upset about it. You know, that's cool. Like you can choose to be upset about it. It's just like, we need to make this choice for our family and ourselves and like our own energy. And so in 2019, January 1st, we had nothing like no customers, no products, no membership site, nothing to sell. And we had a full year of just marketing and selling other people's stuff through affiliate marketing. Our first business was affiliate marketing. And so we felt very comfortable in that. My personality very much is a connector. And so I love being able to shine a light on someone else who has something that I know our audience needed. And so it allowed us to give ourselves the space and the grace to figure out what we wanted our next moves to be. And it's so funny because I truly believe when you get into alignment of what you want, like when you ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Eventually you'll come up with the answer, but then you have that choice, right? Okay. Well now I know what I want. Am I going to go after it? Or is, am I going to keep doing the same thing and just like plateau and hate it? And so we just made the decision to go for it. And because of that, um, we actually made all of 2018's revenue in the space of nine weeks, not even selling our own stuff. And through that, one of the promotions we were doing, one of our bonuses was one-on-one calls, like a one-on-one call with Josh and I, but we didn't expect how well it would do. And so we ended up doing 187 one-on-one calls, which anytime I tell an entrepreneur that they're like, what? But we had no other fulfillment. Like we didn't have our own stuff at that point anymore. And so we actually, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Cause we did these one-on-one calls. We kept spotting common themes. Like people kept saying to us, like, if I could just get my business up to a hundred thousand dollars, like then I could quit. Or if I could just do this, then this would happen. And we just started spotting the themes and it gave us our breakthrough idea for our next move, which was shift to six. Um, and so that's just like essentially where we help people get over the $100,000 mark. And we love it now, but it's because we gave ourselves the space to figure that out. And we just took bold, courageous action. I just need to let all that sink in because it's so great. <laughs> and what I want you to hear as listeners, I want you to hear the opportunity. It is so massive what she just said. I want to highlight two things. One, really getting clear about what's working and what's not working is essential because when the enthusiasm starts to go and you don't feel the juice, it affects your mental health, it affects your physical health, and it's going to affect your launches because if you're feeling like at the end of the day, if you do sell the crap out of this membership or whatever it is that's not feeling like it's aligned, it's going to come through in your launch and it's going to be exhausting and it's going to weigh down. And you'll sabotage it, truthfully. Right, you'll sabotage it. So that's really important for us to understand that the enthusiasm, that sort of ease, it's got to be there because it affects how well it does. But the other thing I, got, I want you guys to hear as listeners is that if you were the kind of person who realized, I love this other person's thing, I love shining a light on other people, you have a moment right now. And Noah Kagan said this. He said, if I just lost my job, I would look at every entrepreneur who I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. and I would write them a note that would say, how can I help you? What about this, this, and this? Can I do it for free? Can I start tomorrow? And how can I make it a no-brainer for you to say yes, because I'm all in? And then if they hire you for free and you actually help, can you imagine if your job is just to be an affiliate? Like they just give you a freaking link. That's all you get. That's how I found my assistant. She came to me through an IGDM and was saying, and just said like, I love your message. I listen to it all the time. I hate my job. I was wondering if I could work for free. Honestly, my, my initial reaction was like, well, no one values free. And so I said, what happens if we do a free two-week trial, only two weeks, you can show us what you can do. And if we think that you have a fit here, then you're in. She knocked it out of the park and we brought her on full-time within three months. Like she was just such a star. And she took a place of hating her job, wanting out so bad, not wanting to get another job, wanting something else. And she reached out to 
an entrepreneur that she was already engaged with their content. Like she spoke mm-hmm. our language. She listened to our podcast mm-hmm. and she took a leap and it worked out for her. I'm such a believer in that. And you're right with even just an affiliate link, like spreading the word, you get paid a commission for anyone who buys through you. It's sweet. Like I don't, we've never really discussed that. Like Pat Flynn's never been here. You and I haven't jammed on that in detail. Oh, I'll happily channel. That's how Jill and Josh like built their first, you know, mm-hmm. nest egg. And then she was just saying they made more in nine weeks than they had in the whole previous year with their own program that they were putting their heart and soul into. What I want you guys to hear is that if, if there's someone that you love what they're doing, there's commission that they've already yeah. built it. All you have to do yeah. is tell people about it. You could be making 300 bucks. I have a friend who started a podcast. She only had like 62 listeners, but it was all about nutrition. It was all about people who want to be in the nutrition coaching space. Mm-hmm. And she reached out to a school that is one of these premier sort of online nutrition schools. And she said, I went to your school and I love it. Can I send people? And they said, sure. For everyone you send, we'll give you a thousand bucks. Well, that's sweet. she wound up getting 300 people over what? the year to sign up for it. She made $300,000. They were like, sure. Wow. Thanks. And she would just talk about her experience, talk about her experience. And then, you know, there's a whole thing. Isn't there a way that people can go in and like grab a few links to stores that already have affiliate links, like shops, not just courses. What would that be? How do they find that? Even things like Amazon. Amazon's one of the world's biggest affiliate programs. They give 4% commission. And also if you have affiliate links with Amazon, anyone who buys anything over the next 24 hours after they've clicked your link goes into your commissions. There's things like pretty much every big online course creator has an affiliate program for the most part. There's things like ClickBank, ShareASale, OfferShot. There's all of these affiliate networks. But if you just want to see if your favorite products have affiliate programs, just type the name of the product into a Google search and then in quotes. So it'd be like product name, quotes, affiliate or quotes, referral or quotes, partner program. And what that'll do is it'll tell Google that you only want to see results from that product if they have the words affiliate referral or partner program listed on their site. Typically it exists in the form of a link and it takes you to their affiliate program where you can sign up or submit a request or whatever it is, or reach out to them directly like your friend did. I'm a big believer that virtually anyone can leverage affiliate marketing because there are opportunities all over the damn internet. Like we were talking about, like, yes, things might be closed right now, but the internet is certainly open for business and it's thriving more than ever right now. I think a lot of people listening to the show, you guys have huge hearts. I've gotten to meet so many of you and think Mm -hmm. about that. If you took all the pressure off, what's my program? What's my product? But, oh my God, I love this person's hand lettering course, or, oh my God, I love this product or If you, God forbid, just lost your job and you know that every single person in your family is ordering from Amazon every 15 minutes right now, because that's how we're getting on. It's like, could you just post it and say, you don't have to do anything different, buy the same stuff. You don't have to pay me. Can you just do it through this link? Cause they'll pay me and you'll save my butt. Like, yeah, it's a no brainer. It's amazing. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. I used to think that eating healthy means sacrificing the yummy foods and flavors that you enjoy for hours of meal prep and only eating grilled chicken and steamed broccoli. But then I found out about Freshly. Freshly knows that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because if it's not easy, I won't do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I won't want it. Freshly lets you avoid the grocery store and enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. Their chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work, so all you do is heat for three minutes and dinner is done. They have over 30 health-conscious options to choose from like golden oven fried chicken, crispy springtime risotto, and fall apart tender beef brisket. I got some meals from Freshly that came right to my door in a box with insulated packaging and ice packs that I could actually recycle. One of my favorites is their chicken basil risotto. It's really delicious and the chicken tasted really fresh. If someone served this to me, I wouldn't have guessed that it was a meal that only took three minutes to heat in the microwave. I also love this because I've been so busy lately with programs and the podcast and trying to move across the country and these meals have been really helpful when I'm just famished and too exhausted to make a full lunch or dinner. Join almost one and a half million satisfied customers and skip the shopping, prepping, cooking, and cleanup. Freshly is offering my listeners $40 off your first two orders at freshly.com slash dream job. That's freshly.com slash dream job. 
Indeed knows it's a cautious time for businesses across America. Uncertainty flavors every decision. Every financial commitment is vetted. And now your next important hire is more crucial than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Terms and conditions apply offer valid through September 30th. Let's talk about shift to six and what that really is. And then let's talk about how you, you've been most successful with Facebook pop-up groups when you're selling anything and how you sort of do your challenges. So what first, tell us a little bit what first shift to six is. Yeah. It's our year long group coaching program where we help online entrepreneurs, course creators, coaches, and membership site owners have their first hundred thousand dollar a year in a year or less. Amazing. We just, it's a mix of like training and then nine months of straight executing. We do three launches together. We're just like helping them refine, tweak, get their messaging, get their offers nailed, get their promotion plan. It's the first time we've ever done it and I'm having so much freaking fun in it. Well, you're such a natural at that. But the difference, let me just make sure the audience hears and then I get it. The difference between screw you and shift to six, the only thing I'm hearing that the difference might be that they're not complete beginners, that these people are just trying to get from here to a hundred thousand, that they're already in motion. Is that the difference? The difference with shift versus screw you, screw you had zero promise. It was a community. We overloaded it with way too much stuff. There was no boundaries. There was no clear structure to it. We were just kind of like winging it and continuing continuously adding things to it. So it was coaching courses and community all inside a membership for 69 bucks a month. Shift to six is a $10,000 program. So it's much more high touch, much more like us with you for a year, helping you design your plan, helping you execute. So it's completely different, totally different, but we do have two people who are completely new. But we vet people so heavily. Like we sold it at our live event. We brought them up to the penthouse. Like we vetted everyone. We made them apply. We were taking 30 people, but we only let 17 in because we're serious about like our intentions, 100% success rate. It's so important. And I think every time I talk to any entrepreneur, truly they're always under, they're undervaluing what they're doing. There are never enough boundaries and they're always mm. pricing it too low. And I think one thing that you're saying as a distinction here, as a major distinction, is the messaging, what it is and what it isn't, what you're willing to do and what you're not going to do, and who you're really willing to serve. How did you do that? Because you went from like, everyone, whoever you are, whatever you need, I'll give it. Whoever you are, I'll take you to, here's what I'm giving you, and here's who I'm talking to. How did you do that? And how did you deal with oh my God, what if the people who you know are starting at zero are now mad that they can't afford it because $69 a month versus $10,000 feels different, right? Mm-hmm. What's your advice around that messaging and how important it is and how to do that? One, we did it really wrong for three and a half years and learned our lesson. <laughs> our tagline was, you belong here. So it was so murky. It was so unclear. You're right. We let everyone in. We're just like, if you want to come in, come on in. And like the community we fostered was amazing. They called themselves Scrammily. They hosted a virtual baby shower for us. Like they really were believers. And so the community element of that, like I really think Josh and I are fantastic with community. I think that's why we do so well with pop-up groups and stuff like that and challenges truthfully. But with Shift to Six, I said to Josh, I'm not doing it again unless we have clear boundaries and like I don't lose my life to it again like I just don't want that anymore and I don't want people who are gonna complain about $69 a month being way too expensive for them like I'm over that that hurts to even Um, hear we had those conversations every month with people in there because we didn't vet people we just let anyone in and so people with a ton of emotional baggage and scarcity around money and limiting beliefs came in and they would just like spew it all over the community and it brought it all down and now we have very 
clear boundaries and expectations. And even now, like we have a COVID channel in our Slack group. And if anyone goes in there and says like, oh my God, it's doom and gloom. I'm in there being like, is it though? Or is it just your perspective around it? Because Tanya's doing this, Megan's doing this, Dane's doing this, Erica's doing this. Like, you know what I mean? You just help them see the perspective and you put the responsibility on them. I think I never knew how to do that. And also just really getting clear on the transformation. That for anyone who's trying to figure out an offer and if it feels murky right now, getting clear on a tangible transformation is the best thing I learned last year. And I learned that from James Webmore because we were just going to call it shift and it was going to be all inner game. And I was like, what do you think? You must love it because you love inner game. And he's like, no one will buy that. And I was like, eh. He's like, people don't pay for inner game. They just don't. So you're going to need something that's a bit more tangible than that. And so then thanks to our 187 calls, we realized that people kept saying like, I just want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like then I'd be able to quit and then I'd be able to do this. And I was like, oh my God, that's the gateway. That's the threshold for so many entrepreneurs. If I could just make a hundred thousand dollars. I think people are thinking right now that doesn't even seem possible. So can you just tell us in broad strokes What does that look like? How does a person make $100,000? Well, it's a clear structure. It's the power of one. It's one offer, one content marketing channel, one social media channel, and one form of paid traffic inside a promotion, not all the time. And you're doing three promotions throughout the year and you're just continuing to tweak and you're after your first one we do a debrief and you figure out like how much did I actually make how much did I profit what fell flat what went really well where could I tweak things where can and then we do it again it's just that easy so many people try to spread themselves so thin because we're taught to quote-unquote be everywhere but in the beginning like having that approach it just mutes your message in such a big way or it dilutes your message because you can't actually be everywhere you can't engage and form relationships and connection when you're spread thin it just doesn't work and same with content marketing like one content marketing platform a podcast or a video show or a blog Choose one, go all in, do it every single week, batch it, get into a rhythm, start building an audience. And truthfully, again, like making offers, that's how you hit hundred K. It's not all the like, but I need to know like the exact funnel strategy. It's like, no, start making offers, have a $500 offer, get 200 people in or have a thousand dollar offer and get 100 people in. Like it's very easy to do that. A lot of people get in their own way though. And then finally, I'll just say when it comes to shift to six specifically, they have to have gone through that exploratory phase that so many entrepreneurs go through, right? Where you're like, I want to do this. Mm, No, I think I actually want to have a copywriting agency. No, 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 that doesn't work. I think I'm actually going to have a course around blah, blah, blah. So ideally we want people to have gone through that exploratory phase so that they actually know what they want to move forward with. Because once we have that clarity and we can clear up their messaging, clear up their niche, clear up their offer, clear up their marketing plan, then they can hit the gas and then just check in with us. So it really becomes a very simple process. And yeah, if you believe it's impossible, it 100% is. But if you even want to prove that belief potentially false, you'll open yourself up to this being a potential win for you. When you break it down like that, it is just like, if there's an offer, make the offer. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. We get so stuck in a million different hurdles. It's like, if you just had an offer and you sold it to a hundred people or you sold this one to 200 people, you're done. Right. Yeah. So now it's just, and then it's so clear. It's like, you don't need 4 million people in the world to like you. you no. it, this can be happening right now. All right. Now let's talk about how you most mm. love to deliver your offer with challenges and Facebook pop-ups. I think this is so clutch for right now too. Cause I think providing people an experience, which is really what a pop-up group and a challenge is. And you know this, you run, you kill challenges. It really comes down to giving people an experience that is congruent to what you want to sell. That's the big thing, right? So many people are like, I'm going to host a pop-up group and I'll do live coaching for two weeks, but then they can get off topic and then it doesn't really, it's a mismatch, right? If there's any kind of disruption between your marketing and what you're going to sell, there's going to be confusion there and confused people don't buy. Um, Now I like even doing paid challenges because my engagement rates are so much higher. So for us, a paid challenge looks like this. We run traffic to it like seven and 10 days out. They're typically $37. That's what we've done so far. Then we have an order bump to grab a workbook. And then we have a few other options. Like we have a VIP option where you can have additional coaching with us. And so we just try to upgrade people in there and give them a better experience. And then 
typically we did five days, but we're testing out a three day. So we have a pre-party and then day one, day two, day three, and then we have two days of bonuses. Um, so that, that structure works really well for us. We do a standalone challenge called design an offer that sells in turbulent times, because that's exactly what people need right now. And so really catering your marketing to what people need at the moment. If you are going to do a pop-up group, or if you are going to do a challenge, lean into what's happening right now. If you don't, you're going to look tone deaf. If you don't, your message is going to fall flat because people are very engaged in what's going on right now. And so if you don't lean into that and position your offer as a solution or something that can help them with this tangible result, it's going to fall flat no matter where you're at. And so I think that's super key with challenges, especially especially as you're going into a launch with them, is having the challenge. It like agitates a gap, right? So it's the what and then your offer is the how. So that's how we run a lot of our challenges. So um, we always do a little inner game, mostly outer game, but I feel like outer game doesn't matter without inner game. And so we always mesh those two in, but it's very focused around coaching, Q&A and tangible outcomes. And so every day there's something that they'll take away that'll help them move the needle. And I think that is so clutch when you can help people with that in challenges. And then again, just teach the what and the why and then sell the how. But for these bonuses inside a challenge, like whether you do a pay challenge or not, making your bonuses address specific objections. Like I know that one of the objections we always get is money. It's always that for us, right? And so one of our bonuses is the five money beliefs that are holding you back from getting everything you want. Because Mm -hmm. I know that money mindset, a lot of people have a lot of baggage and a lot of emotionally charged around money. Like hard work equals success or money doesn't grow on trees or, or rich people are greedy or oh, who yeah. am I to make an offer, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It stops people from moving forward. And so we always weave that into our challenges. That's well. so smart. Make your bonuses address the biggest objections. That's mm-hmm. really smart. I think a lot of people ask me, and they're probably thinking this right now, I don't know anybody who would come to my pop-up Facebook group. I don't even mm-hmm. get what she means. Like, how would I even get people to know about it? Okay, I'll create a Facebook group, Kath. My mom and sister are in it. <laughs> what does that look like when you're starting out? One, again, if we're going back to like the one thing, talk about it on your social media, talk about it in your content marketing, talk about it to your email list. If you don't have any of that, start by running traffic. Like obviously I want you to do your due diligence and make sure you're not just wasting cash on Facebook. But if you know how to run ads or if you can watch some of the Facebook tutorials because they have a whole center of tutorials that show you how to create ads, you can absolutely get in front of the people who need your message and this challenge. I think the biggest thing, especially right now, is being hyper-specific with what outcome they can expect with your challenge. Ours is design an offer that sells, right? So I love it. It's so specific. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be that clear. Clear Mm -hmm. and concise and compelling. Those are the biggest things when coming up with the idea for your challenge. Um, We ran one called Think Like an Expert twice and it was good, but it was too inner gamey and people didn't see like, uh, what am I actually getting out of that? And so that Mm -hmm. was my big lesson around messaging is like, no, no, no. You have to be so much clearer other than think like an expert. They're like, great. Now what? Yeah. So totally. uh, That was a big lesson I learned as well. It's so good. All of it is so good. Wow. You guys can just tell like she's like sitting on so much wisdom. And so, I mean, if this is what you share for free, it's just so exciting to think what you possibly share when people, you know, can get in on, when is your next paid challenge? How can we get more info and find out more about it? designyourofferchallenge.com or just come to screwthe9to5.com. It'll be on our homepage, the wait list, or just connect with me on IG or our podcast. Everything is screw the nine to five. (laughs) Just find us, screw the nine to five, all written out, no numbers. But yeah, I would love to have all the peeps in there to help them design offers. That's amazing. We will put the links in the show notes. What a fun conversation. I just got so much out of it. Thank you so much for all of this. How amazing is Jill? She is such a firecracker. I could talk to her all day. Here are the takeaways. Number one, in times of chaos comes some of the biggest opportunities. Number two, if you want to help the economy, the best thing you can do is sell, pivot, get creative, and serve a serious need right now. Number three, all you really need is self-approval. Do you feel good about what you're doing? Do you know you're coming from a place of heart and service? Do you actually have something that can be helpful? If the answer is yes, then move forward. 
Number four, other people's opinions are more a reflection of their insecurities and internal struggles than it ever is about you. It's liberating to know you can't ever change someone else's thoughts about you anyway. Number five, you make money by making offers. Number six, lean into what's happening right now, cater your marketing to what people need in this moment and position your offer as the solution. And number seven, be hyper-specific about what outcome to expect with your challenge. Get clear on a tangible transformation. You guys are so awesome. Thank you so much for listening and taking time out of your very, very, very busy life to listen to this show. We have so many good episodes coming up, so make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. And I'm curious... Did this episode teach you something new? Did it give you an idea of what kind of challenge you can offer or what kind of thing you should be doing next during COVID? If you're saying yes, then could you think of someone who needs this? Can you think of someone who would find this inspiring? Go ahead and share it with them. In fact, post about it in your Instagram stories and tag me so I can repost it in my stories. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Got the heart of a hero